FM. What is this about? Today's episode is a no filters, real chat uh, approach to a topic that tends to be a little bit tender, but really there's true purpose to it. We've got Charlotte Squires, 25-year-old babe, coming in to talk about cancer and the impact and the purpose behind it and the gift it's given her in her life. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh my God, my pleasure. So I'm so proud to have you in here today because I believe what I've been watching you go through for a couple of years now is inspiring. And we always hear the story of cancer, but we never really go into its true purpose. And I've been watching you and now that you're cured, whatever that means, um, and I'd love to talk more about the process that you're going through now and how it's impacting you. But yeah, we want to know... Why did you get it? Mm, very good question. And something that when you are diagnosed with something like that, you really ask yourself that. Why mm. me? Why yeah. was it my, Seriously. you know, why is this my story? Why, you know, and there was so much of me that didn't want to it to be true. I was like, no, I don't want this. But <clears throat> I think what I always go back to when people say that is the minute that the penny dropped and they said, you have Hodgkin's lymphoma, you, you know, and I, it was the week before my 24th birthday. And I was like, immediately I knew, like, it was like Ugh. this in, internal compass. My mum was sitting next to me and she just obviously mm. like broke and was, you know, just grabbed my arm and it's so clinical, you know, doctors, you know, thing. And he yeah, was like, I'm a surgeon. I know nothing. So don't ask me any questions. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and I, not. yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> and I just... But like this internal compass just said, you can do this. This is your thing. You can do this. This is going to be okay. Awesome. Was and it I, quiet or what, what did it sound like? And at what point did it enter your awareness? The second he, t this is a strange thing. I'd been so unwell for so long and I didn't know what was going on. And I basically diagnosed myself. And so when they said, um, <clears throat> you have cancer, I almost felt relief because I was like, I'm not crazy. Ah. I knew something was wrong. What What were the symptoms? What was coming up in your life? So <clears throat> the biggest thing was that I had lumps in my neck and under my armpits and I could feel them and at times they would get a bit more inflamed than other times um, and I was just incredibly tired, too tired for an early 20-year-old mm. mm. and I was had rashes on my arms and legs and I'd lost about 15 kilos. So I was, I'd lost a lot of weight. Um, and cause it was around my sister's wedding, everyone was like, you look so good. Yeah. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> I don't feel, I feel like shit. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like looking at these girls on Instagram and like, they've lost weight. And they just look like they've got boundless energy. I'm just losing weight and feeling more and more shit. And mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know, um, what's going on here. This is just. The, the equation that I thought I was going to feel is just not adding up. Mm. And so I started to really do some, my own research and had gone to the doctors quite a few times, kept getting, getting sent away and, um, just saying, you know, you look great. And I was like, I don't feel great. Yeah. And I felt like this silly girl. And I wondered if I was a boy, if they would have taken me a bit more seriously because, you know, girls are dramatic or whatever. Yeah, but that's a really good point. I felt like, oh, no one's listening to me. Uh. And I felt like I couldn't keep up with my brothers and sisters who were older than me or younger than me. I was like, I just can't keep up with them. Mm. I couldn't keep up with my boyfriend. We got for a weekend and I was like, whacked. And I remember my mum said to me one time, you are too tired for your age. You need to sort mm. this out. So I went to a different doctor, got a different opinion. Um, and he said, what do you think it is? And I said, I think it's Hodgkin's. And he was like, you know what that is? And I was like, 
uh, it's been months I've diagnosed myself basically. And what is Hodgkin's? Hodgkin's is a rare form of blood cancer um, that affects your lymph system. So basically your white blood cells build up into your lymph nodes. So it's been created in your bone marrow, gets to your lymph nodes and then just gets, there's too much blockage. So your lymph nodes get swollen. Um, it's just good to give context. Completely. Yeah. And it's quite an aggressive state, aggressive form of a blood cancer. Um, but the outcomes and the treatment is very successful. So we have a lot of success stories um, that come out of Hodgkin's, um, especially because it's more common that affects 15 to 30-year-olds, more common in that 18 to 25-year-old bracket. Mm. So, um, Which is crazy because I think that so many people are tired and stressed. 100%. And oh, you can make a million excuses for why you're feeling that way. And especially that age group. It's like, mm. we don't get sick. Mm. We're boundless, full of use. Mm. Well, I mean, no wonder you were so... Imagine that. Like, yeah. how, how tired do we get after work, Jez? Mm. Um, and you just you just take it. Yeah. I remember even if we go back to a moment where I came and visited you, that um, Charlotte's family have the most wonderful cafe um, and she owns her own gorgeous um, clothing store called Darling. That is a plug. Um, <laughs> dot com dot au. <laughs> and, but um, I remember when you'd first opened it, there was the moment where I – I hadn't seen you for a while and you were stressed, man. Like, oh, yeah. You were like running around in circles. And because I've known you on a personal level, I was like, well, what is she doing to herself? This is, of course, my thoughts. Mm. And I was like, that's all right. We've all gone through that. Mm. I, I was even doing a little bit of myself because mm. I, could, I could recognize you. I was like, oh, why do we run businesses? Um, <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's, that went through my mind a few times. <laughs> and I remember seeing that. And when I then heard through Facebook, because you did a wonderful um, – well, your friends did, didn't yeah, they? they did. Yeah, we'll go get into that. An announcement saying we need to get behind Charlotte. She's got Hodgkin's disease, and there's something that we could all do as a community, and that's pay, f- put some money towards like a crowdfunder towards um, her treatment. Mm. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. She wasn't stressed out of her mind about just business. It was my health. I was really scared. I was like, I know something's not right with Oof. me, and no one's listening to me, kind of. My family and friends were listening to me. But everyone was like, you're going to be fine. You're young. You're fine. And I was just like, mm, something mm. in me. And this is a really strange thing, but from a very young age, I was always scared of disease. I remember being 10 and hearing about meningococcal and being like, oh, my God, that's so terrifying. <laughs> Why? Why were you scared of um, disease? I also think it coincided with my grandfather getting lung cancer. That was at the time where I think I became aware of disease. And I was like, people die like mm, from mm, being sick. Mm, That's mm. crazy to me. You know, you hear about, um, I grew up in the age of, I was a child when like um, 9-11 happened I, uh, and things like that. And I think mm. I was a very sensitive and quite mature little girl mm. um, and, and in so many ways wanted to be, so grown up but wanted to stay a little girl like I never wanted to dress grown up or anything like that but maturity levels I was always listening to older conversations I was always listening into my older sister's conversations with Mm -hmm. her friends and my Mm -hmm. mum's and I think that I maybe took on a little bit too much of that kind of um Mm. adult talk and tried to understand things but obviously when you're little those things are relative like you know you that's huge to you when you're little um when something like that happens and you feel an adult's energy and you take that on and go whoa that's really bad that's really emotional and you can't process that mm. as a little girl i was even thinking the one of the things that you just said then if you heard her um jess she said i used to worry about getting some disease and yet here i am mm-hmm. so does that mean you have 
um, there's the intellect, right? And we all mm. logically can think it through, but does that mean you have some kind of connection to believing that this has happened for a reason for you or that you kind of knew something was mm. going to happen? Mm. Yeah, there's a bit of both. I think um, trying to make sense of it in the grads, like, did I manifest this? Did I create this for myself? Yeah. Um, and like, let's like full permission to go there. Cause yeah. I feel like this is the part of cancer that we don't really speak about is oh. my mum passed away from cancer when I was 20 Yeah, wow. and she had it for four years mm. and she went and I really learned something from it, which was it, it gave, it, it gave, it has a purpose. Definitely. And Definitely. we had a mentor called Jim Steins, who was an AFL footballer. Um, uh, a really amazing role model in the social entrepreneur world. And he put out a, a DVD, a full doco of what it takes mm, to get mm. through cancer and that it's connected to your emotions and your, um, mm. and the disease in your body. And so I think I belong in the team of people who understand that it has a purpose and mm. that it isn't just because you're sick and you've just been handed this, but it actually is a gift in some way. Yes. Yes. I am. Um I definitely think that it does have a purpose. Why do you, like, I can't help but look around the world today and I'm like, we are rampant with this disease. Why are we not, like, I know there's so much research. There's so many, I mean, every dog and man and his dog is having a fundraiser for cancer um, research and treatment and all kinds of things. And I'm like, there has to be something bigger than this. And I knew that. And the way I've been brought up, um, you know, so fortunately with my parents and the way that they live their life is that, you know, there is a meaning behind things. There is um, it, it, there, there is a chance for you to take responsibility for this. And I, a lot of people, I made them feel really uncomfortable by saying that this, I chose this. Mm. They did not like that. Why not? What do you mean by that? Yeah. So I believe that, I, I think the reason I was so scared from a young age of this disease was because in some way, shape or form, I knew that I needed a challenge. My life is very beautiful and we'll know I've got a beautiful family, beautiful boyfriend. Life just seems to be really easy and I think that I wanted more. I always have. I've always wanted um, to have, to learn more, to experience more, to go deeper, go deeper, 100% like what this is all about. Go deeper and expand and know my true potential. And so when this happened, I was like, this is an opportunity for me to become stronger, better, mm. love myself. And, you know, I put a post up on my Instagram recently. I was like, that disease gave me a chance to love myself back to wellness. That mm. is what I truly felt Amazing. it gave me an opportunity to do. And so when I would tell friends, I, I go, you know, I really believe I chose this. And I, I knew it had to be Hodgkin's because it had to be, I don't know, the, the amazing Louise Hay, <laughs> late great Louise Hay did um a beautiful book. And she, there's a whole list in the back of um, one of her books saying, you know, which disease connects to which emotional thought or pattern. And Hodgkin's, I read it and after I was diagnosed, I was like, yeah, really. There it is. What was it? It was, um, so the belief is that you rob yourself of joy and um, the way to getting back to it. So the way that the, like the anatomy, the way that she thinks of it is that your heart is love and that your blood is joy. And so the joy was getting blocked in my lymph nodes and couldn't flow freely through my body. Mm. And can you give me a paint a picture for us? Cause Jez doesn't know you as well as I do, but, sure. and neither do people listening. Yeah. So <laughs> if, 
What would you be doing to yourself? What does that look like though? How would you be blocking joy in your day to day? And yeah. that it turned up as cancer, as a diagnosis of Hodgkin's. Can you take us to that place? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, just talking before, I had such a beautiful life. And yet, I don't feel that I was ever truly present in the beautiful moments. So, for instance, right a couple of months before I was diagnosed, um, my older sister and her husband got married. And I was the maid of honour. My boyfriend was the best man. I mean, it was just like... I could not have dreamed a more perfect scenario. It was heaven. The most stunning wedding. And the lead up to that, I was organizing the hens and I put unbelievable pressure on myself to make this the most amazing, the most wonderful, to make my sister feel so special, knowing full well that all she needed was her beautiful girlfriends around her and (laughs) to be happy. And pressure looked like what? Pressure looked like... What would you do to yourself? was all my responsibility. Couldn't share the load. Yep. Had to do everything. Had to be perfect. And if it didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to turn out, um, it was very stressful for me. And now looking back, I realised that like it was. It can, I, I got to mask it as a as caring so much and loving so much. That's oh, clever. And I, it got to be my excuse. Mm. I got to rob myself of the joy, rob myself of enjoying the moment or the process or the time that I was living Mm. by going, I just care so much. I'm such a good person because I care (laughs) that much about my sisters. And then on the other hand, I couldn't give a shit about myself and I I, I didn't see it. I couldn't see it because I was too in it. Mm. And cancer gave me the chance to step out of life for a long time. No one – I actually – as you talk about the gift, I was like, this is the gift of time to really know who I want to be and to, tr- to try and live that best life throughout it. You know, I, I remember saying to my girlfriend when I was sick, I said, I've never loved, I never liked who I am more than right now. Mm. And that's a really interesting, uh, but I, I know that I think a lot of people go through cancer and they do because they realize like the, the preciousness of each moment. Is preciousness a word? I don't even know. It is now. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> you know, the... The simplicity of just being with your family or laughing or, you know, the amount of times I was at home crying just because I wanted to hang out with my friends. I couldn't go. My immune system was too weak. I couldn't leave the house. So, you know. Because is it because it gives you a very tangible, real experience of what death is, which is something we just, mm, we don't really meditate on or focus on that much. We don't. I think we're so scared to think about death, you know. Mm. Even when I was diagnosed, my biggest fear wasn't that I was going to die. It was that I was going to be able to have children. A couple of weeks later, the death thing hit me. I don't think I ever wanted to think about the death when I was mm. like, this could kill me. I mm. couldn't even think about that mm. because everyone was so confident. They kept going. This, and it's kind of mean now looking back. They kept saying, oh, this is the asthma of cancer. Don't worry. You'll be fine. Six months of treatment later, I was like, fuck you. Mm. Six asthma. months is a long time. To it's picture. a long time. I was I was very sick and, mm. and I kind of felt... It, that that calmed my nerves at the start, but later on I was like, that's so unfair to mm. say that because Hodgkin's is kind of given this because it has such good results. It is given this kind of like shrug off as in, oh, you'll be fine. Mm. It's all good. Mm. But mine was stage four cancer. It was all through my body. Like mm. I, that's, it wasn't easy and it wasn't the asthma of cancer. It was really, it was really tricky. And, you know, every person's cancer journey is very different and mm as much as you try and latch onto people's stories or hopeful stories, you really do realize that each, each story is so individual and, 
um, you actually have to put your blinkers onto those other stories, mm. the good and the bad. You just have to focus on your own. Mm. Um, and what a beautiful lesson to learn in your life. Stop mm. comparing. Stop focusing on other people. Look at your own life and mm. just be in that. And what were the main focuses? So after you had that kind of first epiphany when you were mm. talking to the surgeon or the doctor that yeah. you knew to, this is, um, I wanted this. Yeah. Which is pretty, like, so was there a number of more of those kind of intuitive senses of the nature of what was transpiring in your body? And, and then were you going more into your body? Or what were your key kind of like mm. direction pointers that took you deeper? I think... I commu- I just I just tried to process and communicate. I've actually got um I'm really fortunate that my family are Buddhist, so I have um a really strong Buddhist practice that helps me process and make sense of these things and part of the Buddhist process or the Buddhist belief is that y- your life is your responsibility and that you have the power to have ripple effect and change and that can be ne- cause and effect. You can affect your life mm. in a negative way, but it will always turn out for the good and it's a very um, or it won't be turned out for the good, but it will turn out what's meant to be and what yeah. is right for everyone. What a beautiful practice. Mm-hmm. It is a beautiful practice. And I feel so lucky that I – actually, I don't really use the word luck. I also I always say fortunate or very grateful because mm. I don't believe in luck. I just mm. – it's just such a f- form of expression. But mm. I felt so fortunate that I had this tool belt. I kept saying to mum, I was like, I have this tool belt of things that you've taught me, that Reach taught me, that my friends have you know instilled in me, and that I was maybe innately – born with that I've never really been able to fully execute this tool belt. Like I've never been able to use it to my full extent. And And are you talking about emotional tools? Yes. Emotional intelligence. um, Emotional mastery. The gift of the gab. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Being able to talk my feelings out and articulate how I'm feeling. Um, And I was like, these are things that, you know, our children and our kids at school need to be taught this. This should be a subject at school. Mm -hmm. I remember saying to my girlfriends in year 12, I was like, I wish they weren't text. Um, I didn't wish I didn't have to an exam on maths or English. I was like, if they could test my emotional intelligence, I'd kill it. <laughs> you know, and yeah. maybe sounds a bit arrogant, but <laughs> I was. I just that was what my my muscle, like my strong muscle mm. was, and I was like, now I get to fully extend and you could, that. Yeah, mm. you could use it in this moment. Yeah, tell me, um, do you have a moment where, like Jez was saying, like we're talking about milestones, and you've learned, you've now grabbed the strength of emotional, emotional mastery, you mm. understand that it's playing out in your life on every level now yeah. and you're really good at it. There's yeah. that, you owned it, right? Well, yeah, we have our moments. We, have, we all have <laughs> our moments. Tell me about, like, I'm really curious about, you know, if we got permission to play here. Mm. Charlotte, what about people who are going through it? Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like just those who are experiencing cancer. I mean, maybe I know that Jez, um, you're mm. a bit silent. I'm curious too, because I know that your mum's going through yeah. something no, I'm similar. just listening. Yeah. yeah. I'm just curious about your story. And I think, yeah, you're right. Everyone's yeah. different and everyone Correct, has their yeah. own but degree of it. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm thinking about just people we know who have, who've had it, but I'm not just talking about the lesson of what does cancer teach you about cancer and, and for people, but I mean like what you do day to day. Mm. How do you, how do you make it count mm-hmm. now? Because mm. you can get back into life. And what do you say to us or to the people who are in, being impacted by this every mm. day still? You know, I think I'd love to have some poignant, beautiful one sentence wrap up. But I think the truth is, is that I'm still figuring it out. And cool. like, I'm brilliant. 
you know, I'm only nine months out of treatment, but I really feel like I'm probably only two months out of treatment. Um, I think the reality is, is that this is like something that the healing process has no time limit. The treatment is set to a particular time. And then of course, you know me, I was like, cool, sweet. Like I'm back into life. Let's do it. I'm so ready. I've had so much time to think. I'm like, I'm so ready to just throw myself into life. Mm -hmm. And it turns out your eyebrows take a bit longer to grow back than you would like. Um, So it was kind of like, of course, because you you lost all your hair. I lost all my hair. I lost my identity with my hair as a very feminine person. And I was like, okay, what do we do here? And I... You know, and there's this, all these elements of, you know, cancer. I mean, we could talk about this for hours, really. Like, no, 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 no. there's so many beautiful little pockets that we could talk Please about. Please do. But, We've got time. Yeah. Um, but I think what when you're in it, it is such, like, I still to this day, like, I, ca- I think about the people who are going through or have someone who's loved one going through it because mm-hmm. I actually felt for them more than myself sometimes because mm-hmm. I'd watch my mum go through it or, as in me, going through it, watching me go through it and watch my boyfriend and my siblings. And for so much of it, I didn't see their pain because they wouldn't let me say it because they wanted to be strong for me and I wanted to be strong for them and they needed to hold me Mm. in whatever I was feeling. But, um, and that's also a really slow thing for them to let go of me. It's like letting her leave the nest again, letting her Mm. fly again. And that's been a really interesting thing to navigate. And, um, I have fallen. I have realized that, um, it is hard to bring all the things that you learn when you go through a really intense time to bring it back into life. Mm. Um, people just expect you to go back to who you were before that. And that's actually impossible. Mm. You, you aren't the same person. Well, at least for me that, you know, that wasn't my story. I'm, I was different and I had different boundaries and I had different expectations on myself. They weren't as high. They weren't um, as demanding, mm. but they were so much my expectations now are like, is, does this feel right? Is this something that someone who loves themselves would do? Is this, which which place is this coming from? What's the intent behind that action? And, you know, life is slower, but I like it like that. Like I do, I, Mm. so much more present, so much more joyous (laughs) Mm. and so much, but there's also been, you know, I've really realized that I'm like, I'm not as innocent, you know, there's, there's a, also. I know how life, how scary life can be. I know how terrifying and I know how, how fragile it is. And mm. that's something that is really important to learn. And I feel really grateful that I'm so young and I know that. Mm. makes me want to be a parent so much more. It makes me want to hug my boyfriend so much tighter at night. Like, you know, all of that stuff is so beautiful to learn and understand. Um, and I know, you know, I, I really struggled with my body image after, um, after treatment. And now, you know, I've just kind of gone, you know what? This body bloody did it. It did it. It fought, it fought the fight. Stop beating it up. Amazing. It's not worth it. Mm. For you know me, I fought. I fought my body my entire life, and to stand back now and go, oh, you know what? It's maybe it's maybe not bloody perfect, but it's my kind of perfect. It's you know I'm loved. I care for my body. I take the best care I've ever taken of it, and that's the best I can do. You know, mm. Mm. and yeah, I ha- I have space to feel, 
to be angry to all of those things. And do you feel like you control your or you puppeteer in your body a bit more, like controlling of your body's nature or listening to your body more now? It sounds like oh, you yeah. are, but yeah. And and is that been a big switch in healing yourself and giving yourself the time you need and mm. all that kind of stuff? Because it sounds like from what you're saying there, and taking it slower now. Yeah. Yeah, you're kind of more in tune with what your body needs. Definitely, I I did a lot of natural. Um, like healing and treatment while I was going through um, very harsh chemo. Mm. I'm really grateful for chemo and Western mm. medicine, but I, I wanted to balance that with a really holistic approach. So I took incredible care of myself. The doctors were literally like, um, are you, you're doing so well. Like you look oh, amazing. Right. And that I, to be honest, I felt so well because I was getting rid of the cancer. So of course I was tired and going through the chemo, but I actually felt really clear and good and I knew I was taking such good care and I was like god if I can feel this good having chemo I should probably stick to this way of looking after <laughs> okay. myself and it's not that I was take I was you know abusing my body before or anything like that but just a new level of understanding and 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 understanding those cues in my body of what that means and even understanding mental health more like I think I have had anxiety for a long time and I didn't even know what that was all of that stuff I was talking about before about mm. um having these expectations and these pressures and I didn't understand what that was. And I've been mm. seeing a psychologist the last few months mm. as part of my treatment. Great. Um, and it's been life changing to be really honest. Like I felt just, I have this new language around trying to understand what's going on in my mind and, um, and, and again, like letting go of that old behavior that's so easy to come back into when you're feeling a bit down in the dumps mm. and then coming out on the other end and going, right, this is looking after myself spiritually, mentally, physically. I understand so much more and I'm really grateful for that because mm. um, I actually love being able to teach my family or, or mm. lead by example. It's not about telling them what to do. It's about showing them. Mm. You know what I get from this as I listen? You must get this a lot too. Like mm. people are like, oh, I'm... I've, You've inspired me. Did you hear that a lot? I did, yeah. Yeah. And I I really loved it. It meant a lot to me. It's why I chose to share my journey because I was like, this can't just be for me. Yeah. This has to be for everyone. Mm. You know, Mm. I've forgotten a little bit about what I learned when mum died from it and what I went through with it. That even like recently, um, I just feel like I've really learned, and you know, I'm a coach. I do life coaching with people every day about what they would like to achieve. Mm. And I actually think it's changed a little bit now. It's not about just achieving in that rah-rah motivation mm. you know, workshops that I run, but it, it's actually, will we allow what we want to happen? Mm. <laughs> mm. That's and, a good way to put it. Yeah. And I just sitting here, I was listening to you and I was like, this is wonderful because it, it's scarcity. Like those mm. beliefs that you're not good enough or you you were like, you know, when I'd see you coming in, like that's scarcity. There's no sufficiency with just you and your life and mm. that gratitude. And I hear you and I go, God, you just again prove to me that I am sufficient. Mm. And everything that I've been really mm. working on, you know, emotional mastery, whatever you want to call it, but or just generally going through life with a positive outlook and enjoying what's real and what's true. And I think that's what I'm getting from reminding of it. It's really hitting me like in the softest mm. way possible of, Beautiful. oh, I'm sufficient. And the the, the disease that yep. those beliefs, it's really living in scarcity that there's not enough and I'm mm. not good enough and the party's not going to look great and I feel guilty and I feel shame and you're like slamming that home to me again mm. of 
when I meet people, it's, mm. oh, can I, I appreciate life. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And no doubt that it pops up, but man, that's what I, that's what I'm getting from you mm. right now. Mm. I definitely struggle with a lot of those themes that you just pulled out. Like guilt was such a big one for me. Mm. Constantly. Like, again, rob yourself of joy. Guilt is the thief of joy. Yeah. <laughs> because it makes you go, you should, you can't enjoy this. Mm. You shouldn't, you know, you should be doing this. Even hearing mum do the dishes or something, I'm like, oh, you should get up and help her. Yeah. You know? Like, it's a learnt behaviour. It is. And it's such, so much of when I was little, is it comes out as an mm. adult. And it's, I got the chance to unlearn some things and that's bloody great. So this is like pattern interrupt those stresses or that, um, they like killjoys mm. really, those feelings, aren't they? So 100%. what does that mean? I mean, even for you, Jess, what do you, what do you get from what you're going through in your life? Um, oh, I mean, I could go th- cut this cake a million ways. <laughs> yeah. like it depends what angle you want to talk about. But um, Just what's in your heart right now. Um, oh, sensitivity, realizing how sensitive I am to my body. Because even as soon as you started talking about cancer, I felt like my insides tingle and feel unsettled. Mm. Like I, I'm just very, I'm going through this phrase of getting in touch with my body and I'm realizing how, how everything that's happening is affecting my body. And the more I yeah. listen to my body, the louder it's starting to s- sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what, that, that's what was going through for me. Which yeah. is a direct result. We're just not connecting to it. Connected to it is what I hear yeah. from you too. Mm, Ira, yeah, it's a, yeah. Yeah. It seems to be a real disconnect from the body. Um, a lot of disease because I suppose if we had a really amazing tuned compass of what our body's feeling, we'd be able to f- fucking either alleviate it close to immediately because we'd sense it and they go, oh, I better remedy that. But, but mm-hmm. there's no real knowledge, supreme knowledge around, unless with this, some of the resources that you find in there seems to be. Mm. But um, you have to do a lot of digging. <laughs> then you go through the stress of researching it all yourself and basically getting a degree in how to beat combat disease totally um and that takes ages <laughs> yeah and it's such a trial and error like yeah. it's like let's try this see if this works does this make me feel more connected does this feel right for me you know we live in a world where like health is such a big part of um the way we look at the world right now and mm. you know it's such a big movement that's happening and um i think what we're forgetting here is that still so much of it is so superficial and so um surface level and i think what i really realize is that this is your body, what is right for you. Mm. And I don't think we trust our intuition enough to go, that doesn't feel right. That's Mm. not, or we go, we talk about too much about like the physical element and we actually aren't looking at the emotional, which is what we, you know, are talking about here. Um, And I I just always say, I'm like, it's holistic. You've got to come at it from every angle. If you're trying to fix the, you know, the upset tummy and you're just, you know, drinking ginger juice like nonstop and you know and you're not meditating or you're not talking about the anxiety that you're feeling because your boss is really stressing you out right now then you're not going to fix the upset tummy the ginger Mm. ain't going to do shit Mm. like you Mm. know i think it can only work to a certain level and i think that is um why we're so often missing the point and i think you know i learned so much of listening to my body too much a little and i think we've also got to be careful of that Mm -hmm. because i went through Every morning, getting my temperature, making sure I was okay, oh, right, and yeah. um, but, we're, but we're talking about a listening. Like, a, there's there's so many signs outside, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. that um that tell us like what our compasses are, and they're also like beiged out to the most broadest stat. 
but like what we're talking about is like going inside yourself, shutting your eyes and tuning into your body. Yeah. That's, that's not using yeah. temperature or that's not using. No, no, it's, no. It's no. just, it's a sense. And that's what, that's the art that like obviously in, in your like faith or tradition with Buddhism mm. is it, it teaches you that and pra- allows you to practice that more yeah. importantly. Um, cause knowledge is one thing, but practice is the actual. Yeah. Like and it's trusting that you will get the right signs at the right time. I think sometimes I got frustrated that why didn't this disease, why didn't a doctor notice this earlier or Mm. things like that. And it's actually like, well, it was perfect timing. The way it all happened was the right time for me to know. And Mm. I trust that now. I think so much of it is to do with trust that you will find the answer. And if you're giving your space the time to reflect in and figure it out, it will come. Um, We live in a fast paced um, Mm. Mm. society where we want the answer now. Mm. I I hear I hear in that um, you can wait for the doctors, but you have to take responsibility mm. for your body. Mm. And if we live in a world that doesn't really get you to connect to it, I loved hearing that because I never check in with my body, not to the extent you are right now. Mm. And my health is really good. It's better than it's ever been, but it took me a long time to take responsibility for that and yeah. love it more. But they're definitely a big part of your tools of change, aren't they? Yeah. 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 Why are you afraid of death? Because living's better. How do you know that living's better than death? Why is it? True. Or why is I it? I don't know that. Yeah. But I, I have too much to do. I have to be here. Why do you have to be here? Because I've got things to do and I've got stories to tell and experiences to share. Why do you want to exp- share your experiences? Because I care too much. <laughs> why do you care? I don't, my heart is just big and it cares and it loves. Oh, now I'm getting emotional. (laughs) Why are you getting emotional? Mm, Because I love talking about this stuff. It's so natural and it's so, um, it's so why, why I got through this journey. Because I thought on the other end, it's... It was, it's worth it. Mm. And it is, isn't it? Yeah. By yeah. the looks of it. <laughs> yeah, it 100% is. No, definitely. And and um, what was worth it? Would you go through it again? Mm, good question. Was it worth it? Yeah, it was worth it. I could do it again. I don't want to. I wouldn't wish it upon anyone, but mm, I, no. I, um, I could if I had to. Mm. As long as I could come out the other end, I would. Yeah, what sings out there to me is like when the moment you started tearing up is when you realised that you just care and you want a shared experience. Mm. That's what, I mean, that's how I translate mm. it. Um, and that to me is what the purpose of life is, is yeah. to just have sh- shared love and experiences with yeah. a parent other because really we're all of the same earth. Yeah. We're all the same, but the, just a desire or we're wired for just having that closeness connection yes. of one another and that's what screams out when yeah. when you to me anyway and yeah. i love that and and i and five des- that yeah <laughs> definitely disease gives a new level of intimacy for for relationships it really does yeah really letting people care for you mm. my god that's really hard to do i tell you that right now well mm. imagine how many people listening to this yeah who mm. would struggle with that it's really mm. uncomfortable mm. um mm. so it takes your relationship to new depths that you wouldn't have been able to otherwise or 
I mean, you could, you know, like it just does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. It yeah. does. And if you allow it, God, there's some beautiful places your relationships can go, mm. truly. And can you give us some examples of some tools in those relationship dynamics mm. that you use particularly? For example, I'll share one for myself. Mm. Um, the other day with mum, um, she, I was, I had a long day. I had, did like a three hour podcast. I saw a guy get exploded by a gas canister and he was burnt all over and that was traumatic. Oh and then I had a big business meeting that was like, I've been looking forward to for about four months. And now end of the day, then I saw my girlfriend hang out and then I had a phone chat with mum and, um, and I feel like I really want to be present whenever mm -hmm. I'm with mum. Um, so she was really excited to tell me some things and I was neglecting my own, my own needs, I guess, because I was just exhausted and I was barely listening. I was, it was hard to keep up. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't communicate that with her because I felt like it's, um, you know, time is precious and, um, and just very sensitive to mm. making sure I'm with mum whenever I'm with mum. Totally. But, um, but then after it stumbled out and she's like, you could tell me that if you want, you know, like, just, yeah. just tell me, we'll speak more tomorrow. Like, it's no big deal. So, it's, so that's an example of, um, sorry, I'm answering my question, but no, that's no, an, no. Yeah, that, I that's, get it. That's an example where, right. My tool in that, or my practical dynamical dynamic changes to go into, what's real between me and mum. Hey mum, mm. I feel like I don't want to hang up even though I'm exhausted, but I'd love to talk more because I love your enthusiasm and, yeah. and I'd want to hear it. Yeah. But I'm um, right now, like it's hard to say that because yeah. I've, I've got that boundary, you know, new boundary or. Yeah, hundred percent. I think um, actually the first thing when you asked me that question, my answer was communication. I think right. the yeah. biggest tool that we often don't use to our full advantage is especially as women I think we think men can read our mind or other people can just should know what we need yeah. um, and that's also really big but I had to learn to ask for what I needed mm. I need you to be here tonight I can't be on my own I need you to cook tonight I, I'm really tired mm. I need to go to bed I'm tired mm. I need to sleep mm. um, and communicating your needs communicate the need because yeah. You know, and don't do it before you get the disease. Mm. Communicate. Yeah, God, what? It. Yeah, it's it's probably it can the biggest skill. Create the disease, couldn't it? Hundred percent. Like, yeah. Well, I always believe that, and I I think that the reason it was all through my throat and up around this area was because I was, I just swallowed my needs yeah, so right. often. So, so many, it's imagine that area. how many people do that out there. Too many. Yeah. Too many, and I think. Um, what I realized was, I, I, this is such an interesting thing, but you never feel more loved than when you're sick or when you're going through something traumatic. You never feel so supported, mm. you know, and we were talking about that crowdfunding page. I never even knew that that many people would come to me to help me through that. You know, just people coming out of the woods that say, you helped me a few years ago. Of course, I would love to help you. This is, no one should ever have to experience this on their own. Da, 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 da. Mm. And awesome. yeah, I just feel like, you know, when we get to say, this is what I need, mm. please, please just hold me in that. It's, mm. a, it's an incredible um, mm. thing to realize how loved you are. And that love was always there. Charlotte, mm. I just love and adore you. Oh, I love you. Anne. And during the time mm. that you had it, I just really knew the respect to just be on the outskirts and send love because mm. that time that you I have is it. very, yeah, and I knew you knew that. So mm. that's why I was like, cool, I'm glad I've learned that. And I think, you know, to get to this point of the talk, this is the first time you've, the, the, this podcast, you've ever even spoken about it. So I just want to say to you, thank you mm. for being so honest, mm. so vulnerable. Mm. I love tears. You know that about me. 
because that's the pure truth and it's just energy and motion pouring out of you. Totally. And I just um, want to say thank you for being a b- brave explorer on behalf of humanity and mm. you <laughs> really can make a choice to use it as a part of your purpose in your life. Definitely. And anyone who's listening at home has a choice to make their challenges. Yeah part of their purpose and mm-hmm. use it as a motive to move them forward and not that it's rah, 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 let's be positive. It's actually life's imperfect, yeah. but there's and real, okay. real joy in it. Yeah. And that's when you told me that you're chasing joy right now. Mm. I just want to say, I'm glad you're here. Thanks. Me too. Truly. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thank you both. <laughs> Thank you. So nice. I, it's, it feels like to me that you're just getting in harmony with your purpose. Like everyone's got purpose yeah, and you're just ridden. I mean, that's what all our c- calling is really, mm-hmm. is to find find our total harmony with ourself and our and our purpose. Yeah. And to not judge those, um, those scary things. You know, we're so welcoming of those positive experiences, but the negative ones can be a gateway to some bloody awesome stuff as well. Mm. Don't be afraid of it. That's a really good tip. (laughs) (laughs) There's the tool for change. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Everything has purpose. Bring in the joy, Charlotte. Bring in the joy.